So welcome everyone to Storytelling Podcast Week and our January roundtable hosted by Motsi Duffel of the High Nye Podcast with Zero to Travel's Jason Morn and Kelly Chappie and Lavinia Spalding of There She Goes. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions much like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasters from across the world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. To start your podcast today, head on over to podbean.com. So we'll go ahead and toss this to our fantastic host, Monty Doppel of the High Nye Podcast. So take it away. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Um, nice to meet everybody. Um, I have met Lavinia before, um, but not Jason and Kelly. So it is wonderful to meet all of you. And it is wonderful to be around uh, travel podcasters as a horror podcaster. We're going <laughs> to have some fun with that. No, but um, yeah. Um, how is everybody doing? How are you doing at home, not traveling right now, <laughs> I assume? Great. Great. I'm, Very I'm good. Thank you. Happy to be here. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I think we asked this before the before live stream started, but I do want to ask, like, where are you all calling from? Um, where around the world are you calling from? Jason, you go first. Yours is okay. I was going to say it's the <laughs> ladies first. Yeah, right. This is the most exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in Oslo, Norway, but I'm originally from the USA. So that's where I am in my in my loft office, aka mm -hmm. the Loftus. The Loftus. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm in New Orleans. I live in New Orleans. I'm in a room that I call my happiness me time room. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Everyone should have one. It's a good idea to name your room. My son actually named it for Aww. me. It fits. That's wonderful. And how about you, Kelly? Where are you, where are you I'm, calling uh, from? from? Northern Alabama, just on the, the Tennessee River in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Oh. I don't have a name yet for my, my room, but I would like a name. So we'll work on that. You've got some beautiful paintings, though. So that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm calling from uh, Toronto, uh, Ontario. So uh, same, same, same as Jason, cold and icy but probably not as dark right now, at least. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's wonderful to hear from everybody because one of the benefits, even though it doesn't feel like a benefit, one of the benefits of having this kind of situation is that we can all call from different places and just have a conversation here. But yeah, um, just to start off, because we do have a couple of questions, um, we'll go into them. Um, being that you are all uh, doing travel podcasts, I would love to first just... Um, hear a little bit of what each of you do, like your your podcast, like just a little, give a little bit of information about your podcast just so people have a little bit of um, context before you move forward. So who would like to go first? <laughs> um, I guess uh, we'll, we'll, this time we'll ask Lavinia and Kelly and then we'll go with Jason afterwards because we, we put him on the spot the first time. <laughs> I really on the spot because our podcast was her idea. Um, so our podcast, uh, started actually when I heard Lavinia reading, I was, um, it was pretty early days and we were still in pretty tight lockdown and, uh, and I heard her reading, I believe it was the introduction to, um, to a book that she has of women's writers, uh, women's travel writing anthology. And instantly I was like, oh, we have to do a podcast. We've got to start a podcast where women are reading their own travel stories. 
And so um, a couple months later, uh, we launched and there it is. So we've finished our first season and in pre-production for, uh, for our second. It's called There She Goes. There she goes. That's wonderful. And uh, how about you, Jason? Like, um, how did your podcast start? Can you give us a little bit of information about it as well? Sure thing. Yeah, I just, that's so cool, by the way. I love the sound of that podcast. Um, Yeah, Zero to Travel started as uh, just really an intention to share a lot of the stories that I'd heard over many years of traveling. All of the different ways that you can travel the world kind of blew my mind as a traveler. And I thought, like, people have to know this. They need to know these things. Uh, So, of course, you know, one of the big uh, benefits of podcasting is learning through storytelling, story stick, and um, just being able to share all the different ways that you can travel the world, um, no matter what your situation or experience. That's the goal of the podcast, to help people do that and live that travel-based lifestyle for uh, whatever that means to them. So um, I think, you know, travelers specifically, if you love travel, it's one of those things that yeah, you might like, let's say, sewing for a while, but then maybe after a few years, you get tired of it. And you move on to another hobby or something like that. Hobbies can come and go sometimes. But I think people that love to travel kind of like to do it for their whole lives, I feel. And uh, so it's great to have some different tools and ideas on how you can sustain and build a life of travel. So that's that's what I do. And it's in an interview show. That's really awesome. And now that we've got that out of the way, um, I do want to start on some of our questions. So the first one's pretty simple, but I think it might be difficult to choose, which is um, in your past travel experience, what is what are some favorite places or trips that you've been on? Because, you know, like, obviously, it's like picking a favorite child, but um, would love to hear from you guys. Like, what do you think? I'll go. Um, I... Let's see. I I have a, a lot of favorites. Uh, I love um, Nepal. I I loved um, Morocco, Tibet. Um, I'm a big fan of Sicily, uh, Cuba. I spent six years in South Korea, so that is a huge one for me. It's really a touchstone and. Um, and then the the part where one of these things is not like the other, uh, a town of about 200 people in Utah called Boulder. Um, that's, mm-hmm. Those are my favorite places in the world. Mm. <laughs> Sounds such an interesting place, Boulder, Utah. Is, is, there, is there a, a giant boulder there? <laughs> the no, question. many, really. Many, many. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, how about you, uh, Kelly or Jason, who would like to jump I in? Can go. I, um, I, in the olden days when, when Europe used to have all their individual currency, I really loved Luxembourg um, for all the reasons, but they would take all of your money, you know, and, and it was just sort of a fascinating, as a young person traveling, it was a fascinating process to try and move through money. Um, anyway, so that, so that they, Luxembourg holds a soft spot in my heart and, uh, and Sicily, there's a tiny town uh, named called Chefalu on the north side of the island that that's that's my favorite. All those little islands, in, you know, off Greece and, and Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Jason? So when I started traveling, I had 
a lot of college debt and it was really because I got a job that required me to travel. So my first job coming out of school was working as a tour manager. We were setting up a charity event in Kmart parking lots where kids would race modified lawn tractors without the blades on them, of course, around the parking lot. So we would set up the racetrack and it was like, you know, we were kind of like glorified carnies, I guess, in some way, you know, going city to city, unloading the trucks, setting up the track. Anyway, I fell into this industry uh, called event marketing and ended up, I didn't know I was going to spend 10 years on the road. So I'm, I'm using a cheat here, but I would say road tripping across the U.S. for a decade and not really having a home was pretty cool. So I got to travel the U.S. in a giant tabby cat shaped van, for example, doing the Meow Mix Mobile Tour. That was an interesting way to, uh, you know, one time we were on the California coast and and it's just so beautiful there, right? I mean, you got the ocean and the cliffs and everything and we're, we're right there and everybody is turning around from the cliffs facing us looking at the the Meow Mix car. Just like, really guys, come on, turn around. There's a, look, at look, look. Um, so on that note, I'd say something about uh, road tripping in the States and driving down US one uh, in a tabby shaped cat, of course, is a, is a wonderful way. And, and having your hotels paid for by your company, that's always nice too, um, was a wonderful uh, way to, to see that area and unique. Um, trekking in Nepal, also high on my list and once spent three and a half months in Patagonia because I just needed to have a killer summer and it was winter in the US and just so, so much beauty down there. So those are some of the tops. That's amazing. And yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of the Ghibli bus, the cat bus. That, that was your cat <laughs> bus, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody says, it sounds like Dumb and Dumber. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. It is like kind of a new age um, carny <laughs> experience, yeah. kind of just going on the road like that. Yeah. To be fair, the U.S. is like big enough to fit many countries. So <laughs> that's its own kind of travel. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, again, I don't run a travel podcast, but I have traveled quite a lot, although mostly to the same places because my family lives in different places. So London, London in the UK, and of course, just New York, just because mm. it's my proximity there, it's easier now. Mm. And I enjoy going there because like, it, I no longer do all the touristy stuff, but I'm still technically a tourist. So I just go to my favorite cafes, favorite, you know, like things like, oh, I have to go here because I haven't seen it in a while. And when things like when I finally got to go after like, for for a trip with my family it's like a lot of places just closed down I'm like oh no this, this hurts but that's been really a nice experience um and yeah uh so just kind of going off of that um obviously for all of you travel means a lot and um a lot of people don't get the opportunity to travel that often um whether it is by choice or because they don't have the means to do it but in your opinion like what does travel do for people? Like, how does it expand your perspective? Or at least like, even just from a human standpoint, what does travel, what does travel mean to you? Yeah, I, I guess I can jump in here and kick it off. Um, so yeah, I was thinking about this question. It's, uh, it's tough to speak from just my perspective, you know, being one person certainly can do that. But uh, I think being in the unique position of being a travel podcaster and having interviewed hundreds of you know, tra travelers who have done it in different ways. And also all of those random conversations you have at the hostels and things like that, which were kind of informal interviews looking back. I'm just curious about how people travel. Um, I think, you know, there are definitely some themes that have risen to, to the top that have kind of like universal truths, if you will. Um, 
one is just that you know being exposed to a different way of living um is obviously life altering forever you know it's one thing to see it on a television screen or you know seeing seeing a say like a I don't know, it, it could be anything, any, any, any travel show that you watch, it's one thing to see that. Uh, and then to also then show up to a place and, and smell the smells and meet the people and, and be a part of that. It, it just changes you forever. Um, you know, another theme I think that's come out of a lot of the interviews is just that people generally want the same things. You know, they want safety for their family. They want, uh, love, you know, they want to, to good neighbors, you know, all, all of the, the sort of the common things that we have, we want, we want to, feel safe. We want to feel loved. Um, and that's just true across the board, no matter how different cultures are generally speaking. Um, and then, yeah, I think it, it, it just seems to make you a, a, a bit of a global citizen, I guess, in some way, when you have these perspectives, um, you're just, I, I feel like you're just a little bit more connected, a lot more, I'd say connected to the world in a different way. That doesn't mean, I always have a hard time with this because it doesn't mean that you like you need to travel to connect yourself to the world. I mean, there you can, you don't have to go across the world to like find yourself or, or whatever, but um, traveling is a unique way to kind of get new perspectives on what it means to be a global citizen. Um, and then I think on the self development side, which is not something I ever thought of when I traveled before, but it turns out travel's pretty pretty killer for self-development uh teaches you you know how to be resourceful builds confidence gives you a broader understanding of just the world in general so there are a lot of different benefits i think there on the personal side as well just being a person in the world kind of out there figuring things out and especially solo travel right if you've done that you're kind of just you're out there and then you know nobody's nobody's going to help you make the decisions so um a lot to unpack here. I could go on and on. I don't want to take up the full hour, but those are. I think, I think those are all super good points. And I agree with all of that. Um, I think the only thing I would add is that it really, I think having sort of a, those, those breakthroughs um, kind of depends on the, the, the style of travel that you do, the type of travel you do. Uh, and to me, you know, I, I started traveling before the internet. And um, so I never really had any fear uh, about it. Um, but society and the media kind of drums fear into all of us, uh, especially women, I think. And so I think that solo backpacking at a really young age can be extremely formative, um, transformative, because um, we we realize, you know, that people are good all over the place, that they're not out to get us. And we have to rely on the kindness of strangers. I think if you're traveling in groups or on tours or with a partner or even, or even a friend, you're not as self-reliant. You're, you know, you've got someone else there um, to look after you. So to me, that was, that was probably the biggest thing that, that, uh, that informed my life in terms of traveling. And I, I would, uh, I would just add that, that, uh, the reminder, the shakeup of habits when traveling, I think is one of my favorite things that happens. And it's, I mean, it's everywhere. It's obviously the food and the smells and the sights and all that, but just the, 
all of your habits get undone so quickly. Yeah. And I, I, it's unsettling and it's thrilling and, um, and it feels healthy for me. That's cool. I never thought of that that way. That's, that's a really interesting point. I, I, I just wanted to give Lavinia a shout out as well, because that was a big one that I missed. That was a big theme that everybody said, you know, like people are generally good. I think that's really yeah. important to, to share, like you said, because a, a lot of people might end up not traveling because they're afraid yeah. of the world because of the barrage of media images that we get. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's a whole other podcast to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's so cool. I never really thought of it that way. So. Yeah. And I agree with you, Kelly, for sure. Like um, traveling um, always like gets me out of that funk, that that, that mm. habit, like that, that form of like almost you almost trapped yourself, like especially for people for whom like that's a huge like um, I guess downer is when you have to just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And then you just find yourself in this loop for years and years. Mm. And I feel like travel travel can like really even just give you a break and like vacation wise, but also just um, <clears throat> make you think about like what you've been doing. Like it's kind of nice time for self-reflection um, in a totally different place and kind of just restart your engine, <laughs> like restart your CPU or something and kind of just be like dust off all of the places that you've just gotten too used to, which I yeah. really appreciate for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. This, this, this is great. Like, see, look at all the insights we're gaining from each other. <laughs> this is awesome. But yeah, um, so I guess we're just going to move on to the next question um, where, and this one's kind of like a, <laughs> it's it's a wish list. You know, it's kind of like, we don't know when this is going to be. And there has been a little bit of travel here and there since the beginning of the pandemic, but it really depends on your how safe it is in your area or how safe you are personally, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And um, I would like to ask, like, when it's safe to travel or however, like, however things go, or it, assuming that all other, like, that things are the way they were before or at least safer enough so you can start moving again, um, where would you want to go? Like, uh, where would you want to travel next? Everywhere. No. <laughs> yes. Correct. <laughs> That's that right answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ding, ding, ding. We've got a winner. We have a winner. So I've canceled um, four times uh, during the pandemic flights, uh, trips to Italy. So we, uh, we completed the uh, dual citizenship process for our family. And so mine is to take, hopefully the fifth will be the charm. Um, and we'll all go to, uh, to Italy. Hmm. So crossing our fingers again. Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. Hope so. <laughs> How about you guys, Lavinia and Jason? Um, yeah, I have some I have some travel owed to me. Um, I, I, I have some do-over trips. I, I was five days away from um, a two, three, three-week, two-week trip to Colombia when we got our stay-at-home order. I was going for my 50th birthday with my best friend and it was going to be very exciting. I, I had already started packing. So I'd like to get there. Um, and then I was also in the summer of 2020 supposed to um, be in Paris for a month teaching a memoir class and that was canceled. So I, I'm owed, I'm owed a month in Paris. Um, and I was supposed to teach in Yalapa, Mexico and that got, uh, 
canceled too. So those are sort of my, oh, I gotta get, I gotta go to those places. I had them on the books. Um, you know, and, and besides that, I have, I just have friends who are in other places and I want to see them. Um, one of my dearest friends is in Istanbul and I've never been there. I want to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think people are, are traveling again. A lot of my girlfriends are traveling again. Uh, just this week, I was trying to get a, a Zoom, a good old fashioned Zoom happy hour going with six um, of us, my uh, some of my closest travel writer girlfriends. And only two of us uh, were here in the States. Um, one is in Istanbul, another's in Oaxaca, another is heading to Iceland, and the other's heading to Antarctica. And I'm like, okay, I'm home doing virtual school with my kid. It's it's fine. So I'm excited for things to get back to normal. And um, I don't I, honestly, I don't really care where I go. I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> so, that was a long answer. No, that's that's Jason, right. Jason, what about you? Yeah, you you had that. You had it right the first time. No. Uh, <laughs> Everywhere. No, it's Everywhere. uh. It's been a unique opportunity, I think, for if you can look at try to find the silver lining to explore our own backyards in many ways. And uh, my friend Alistair Humphreys, who has a podcast called Living Adventurously, he actually did a really interesting project over the last year. He's working on a book on it now, but he, he bought the like the map. Uh, there's different uh, geographical, you know, has all, all the outdoor experiences. I'm trying to is it topographical map? I can't remember the exact terminology, but anyway. Uh, the UK is broken up into sections and he bought one for his section and he spent a year just exploring everything mm. there. And I thought that was really cool. And it has been helpful, I think, to try to find here and there little experiences where you can get that. You guys have had that, right? Like you're home and you do something, but for some reason it's, it mm -hmm. feels like you're traveling. Mm -hmm. yeah. You set yourself up for it or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. So that's that's been cool to kind of find those um, find those experiences, but of course, you know, then we want to get out and actually do it. And I think for me, it really just the stage of life I'm in now. My kids are uh, three and a half and five, going on six. Mm. It's really about kind of sharing the travel experience with them. So, you know, going back to the U.S., I think being living abroad. It's, it's kind of important to me to expose them to some of the, you know, good old fashioned American culture and the road trip stuff we mm -hmm. talked about before, uh, which never seemed so exotic when I was doing it. Everywhere else seemed exotic. But now that I've been away for so long and getting to see it through their eyes, I think that'll be a really cool experience. We've done a little bit, but not a ton. And uh, definitely want to do a family gap year within the next, I'd say, two to four years. So that is something i'm looking at right now no concrete plans but that will be a a broader kind of worldwide trip probably europe the states and south america something like that mm -hmm. I, a, I, oh, oh yeah sorry go ahead Lavinia. i was just gonna say it's such a great point about um taking this time to to be a tourist in your own in your own place i ended up doing that for the last year, I, uh, I took an assignment writing a guidebook to a co-writing co a guidebook to New Orleans. Um, not mm. because I really wanted to do guidebook writing, but because I was like, well, where else am I going to go? And it was such a cool experience. I have to say it was a lot of work, but I saw 
places in this city that I never knew existed. I met so mm -hmm. many neat people and um, it really forced me to, you know, to discover totally uh, the side of New Orleans I never knew. So mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a great antidote to travel despair. Yeah, that's very true. And I do, I definitely relate to you, Lavinia and Jason, because um, I did also basically like all the plans of travel had for 20, we had for 2020 gone. <laughs> um, but um, it was like uh, visiting my brother who lives in uh, London. So that's kind of back on this year, hopefully. We'll see. And um, of course, um, I'm actually a fairly new immigrant here in Canada. So going home to the Philippines has always been on my roster. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this year it'll happen because um, I haven't been home in three years. That's that's yeah. a long time. So yeah, definitely missing family and friends. And as you said, like when you live somewhere for so long, you don't tend to travel around it. So like mm -hmm. being able to look at that, um, with Toronto, I was hoping to do that, but obviously quarantine and everything, but I've been able to look at more of Toronto and in the Philippines, there are so many places that people go to as tourists or as visitors where I'm like, I've never been there. Like I've never been to these, um, magical Hills or these beaches. Like, <laughs> I guess I, I should go because that sounds like a wonderful time. So mm -hmm. like something to consider. Um, yeah. And so we're kind of like, uh, we're, we're just going through these questions, but I will give everyone some time to like, kind of uh, think about like, maybe questions you want to ask if it doesn't come up or mm. you know, if you want to talk chat about something because the questions are good guidelines, but I don't want to just keep it like within this rigid structure and be like, oh, no, you're not allowed to talk about that. We got to talk about this. So mm. if you guys have any questions, just, you know, raise your hand no i mean you know feel free to pop in as well uh, i'm gonna move on to the next question unless you guys want to ask something right now while it's on your mind nah. all right <laughs> but yes anytime just let me know we can keep on so of course like after the question of um you know wanting to go to another place eventually and soon um what what do you think um makes a good trip because there are like for all that we're talking about the wonderful mm. things about traveling it kind of is in some ways sometimes a nightmare so <laughs> um whether it's like the the process of doing it or something happens along the way but what do you think makes a good trip and how do you balance expectations versus reality mm. do you want me to hop in yeah hop in go okay. ahead okay uh well First of all, I think when I'm in those moments where I don't know if we can curse on this podcast, but I'll say what well, stuff's going down. <laughs> um, you know, it's always nice to remind yourself, this is going to make a good story later <laughs> because nobody wants to hear about you sitting on the beach drinking margaritas. They want to hear about the time the taxi driver tried to scam you and drove you around, you know, to the middle of wherever out the countryside and then blah, blah, blah. Right. So, I mean, it's not like you want to go and seek out trouble, but at the same time, if you travel for long enough, um, you might find some or it finds you type of thing, right? Because you're just living your life on the road for months and months or years. If you're traveling that way independently, um, you're probably going to run into some situations. So I think that it's good to 
you know, be prepared. Of course, use common sense is always a good rule of thumb, I, I'd, I'd say. And um, as far as the expectations, I, I do believe that it's good to not have any at all and really to just uh, arrive and, and look at it as having an experience. Like I'm, I'm just here to have an experience, whatever that means to me. And um, I think it was Lavinia mentioned earlier, traveling pre-internet. And I think uh, when I did my first solo backpacking trip out of college through Europe, it was in the late 90s. So I guess there was internet, but wasn't really used in the same way. There weren't podcasts and there weren't a bunch of blogs telling you it was okay to travel and you know, all these things. So I feel like, you know, actually when I was thinking about this question, it, it kind of brought up, oh, you know, maybe, maybe that's one of the things that made that trip so great because I, I didn't really have any expectations on it. I just mm -hmm. had a guidebook and some stories that I heard that people had done this before, but that didn't, that was still very vague. I didn't, I couldn't conceptualize what that experience actually was going to be through media or visual images or podcasts or anything like that. And then it just, I just got there and I was just sort of having this experience and on that ride. And I think uh, that's one of the big things that made it such a beautiful trip for me. And so life changing, which really, I mean, impacted my entire life, but here I am, I work and travel. I do travel podcasting. This is what I do. This is what I love. And so I think, you know, not labeling or categorizing trips, and experiences as, as good or bad, but just trying to get on the ride, have the experience. And later, maybe sometimes much later, you can figure out what it all meant to you and how it changed you and things. I'm, look, I'm still figuring out things from my first trip, whatever, 20, whatever years ago. I just figured that out today. So it's mm. the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I agree. With everything Jason said, uh, especially for me as a travel writer, something kind of has to go wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm on assignment, otherwise it's a really dull story. Uh, at the same time, I'm a woman, so I don't really have the, the exact same viewpoint about getting into trouble. I have to do some risk assessment. Um, along with the, the wild abandon and naivete that makes for a wonderful adventure and experience. You also have to, <clears throat> you know, not walk alone in the, at night in the cities and lock your hotel door and think about things like that um, to an extent, uh, just for peace of mind. Um, but I think it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to answer a question like what makes a good trip, because I think everyone has a different idea of travel and trips and what makes a good trip for some people it's like right now in my life like a spa vacation sounds really freaking great yes. but it wouldn't always be like that At other times you know my really super rough and tumble backpacking uh days are are some of my you know most seminal and and it you know rich richest experiences um but I think to me, it, it pretty much comes down to like getting below the surface, to not just kind of gliding on the surface of a place to actually, and that's one of the reasons why I'm such a huge advocate of solo travel is because it's, it's harder to meet a lot of locals if you're traveling in a group or with a partner mm -hmm. 
with a friend. And, um, and to me, that's really key to having a great experience is, is getting beneath the surface and actually meeting locals and finding out about the culture. Um, and in terms of balancing expectations and reality, I think it's a, it's a fun exercise. Um, in, I wrote a book to uh, keeping travel journals, a, a guide to keeping travel journals called Writing Away. And in it, I actually, one of the tips I have is to take a page of your journal and write a line down the middle and, and have, you know, one column be expectations and the other column be uh, reality. So you write all your expectations before you go. Um, I will be lonely. And then, in, you know, actually, I cannot get any alone time. I keep meeting all these other travelers. What's going on? You know, whatever it is, because so much of it is that, um, that reconciling the, the fantasy and the reality. And that is part of where the, the incredible breakthroughs come through. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what travel gives us. So. Yeah, that's what it is for me is that sweet spot. So I'm a planner. I Lavinia knows that about me. I like to plan. That's part of the fun for me. I mean, it, it, I don't want to say it's as much fun as the trip, but it's close. I really love it. It's the it's the learning. It's the exploring. It's the imagining all those possibilities. Um, but for me, it's a, an amount of um, sort of you know knowledge that I've uh, that I've tried to gain and acquire, and then letting it go. Right, trusting that the magic will happen, that I will find that great restaurant unexpectedly, that I will meet a person unexpectedly, that you know, that we'll be on the beach the day that is the you know the hundredth anniversary of some bombing, and a plane comes through, and you know, unexpectedly, and I'm thinking like, oh, how magical! Look, it's just this one plane for us today, and it was like, no, no, it was the one, you know, this is the hundred year anniversary of this specific, anyway. Uh, so it's the sweet spot for me of the planning and then making space for and trusting that the magic will happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I actually do want to like kind of contribute to answering this question because um, for all that, uh, when I was younger, we used to just travel with family. We travel with family all the time and there was never any time to kind of do what you wanted until we were all adults, at which point we kind of just, we traveled together alone. So that was like a nice way to do it. Like we would get there together. We would, you know, it's kind of a little stressful. We would stay together, but then we would all kind of just scatter like, uh, oh, this day, like we agree to meet up for dinner or we agree to meet up for this and that, but the rest of the day is ours so we can go wherever we want to. And mm. that's kind of been a wonderful bomb for our family as a whole, because like when you love your family that much, uh, you kind of need some time away from them <laughs> a little bit, especially on a trip where things can get really stressful. Mm. And that's been always wonderful. Like we would be like, OK, um, get a SIM card for this country or like set up your your data so that you can like always keep in contact but now you can just go wherever because we have set up this safety net for you. Mm. And we'll always like text where you are, but other than that, do whatever you want. And that's been kind of wonderful for people who can only group travel or who are worried about like mm. traveling solo. I do agree Lavinia's traveling solo is so, um, so important. But I think for some people, like you can also do the next best thing, which is travel together but find some time for yourselves. You can plan maybe one, don't plan your entire trip, plan maybe one or two events you want to go together, but then have everything else be yours because that's worked out for us quite well, I think. So okay. obviously it's a different thing, but I think that's for a lot of people, they have to travel together. So that's I been love a good that. idea. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, yeah um I, yeah sorry i just Jason. wanted to say yeah i just loved what kelly said the words use there making space and trusting that the magic will happen that mm -hmm. was really cool way to think about that just visually and kind of uh yeah sometimes you can put like pressure on a trip like this is i'm going out i gotta find myself on this trip or something like that oh man I, especially I kids like that is dare i so mine are grown now but dare i say like that is the quicksand of travel because it's like okay, <laughs> like you've spent all this energy and all this money and all this and it better be good and right. there's so many variables traveling with children like watch out so yeah. yes that's Man, great expectations that's, that's helpful for me because i haven't done it a lot so oh. <laughs> it'll happen yeah very soon <laughs> yeah um and i think oh just one more thing on a very practical level you never need as much as you think you do yeah. like you never need to carry as much as you think you do yeah. <laughs> and still learning that but i think it's good advice for anybody like bring what you can but what you use every day you're probably not going to use on the trip <laughs> just yeah. you know be practical about it but yeah um so um number six is a, a really wonderful question that i do want to like pose to all of you guys because this one is interesting um as both a traveler but also as from somebody whose country has been traveled to very often this is an interesting question what do you think constitutes a good traveler or a traveling responsibly because one of the things that um, we don't really address that often, but I think I want to like bring up here is that many countries have a lot of a lot more barriers of entry going somewhere else than going going into the country. So a lot of people can experience this thing where why are they not allowed there, but everyone's allowed here. So for a lot of people who can travel very freely, um, being a good traveler is such a good like good thing to keep in mind because. Um, tourism can sometimes like be harmful in some ways so in your opinions in all the travel that you guys have done um what would you consider to, things to keep in mind as a good traveler oh man that's such a good complicated question um and i could talk about it for a lifetime uh, my husband's also a touring musician so the last two years have meant uh, there's not been a whole lot of any touring for music. Um, but one of the things that that's done for me also is that reminder of, of the reality of how, of just exactly what you were saying, all the different requirements, the different possibilities. Um, right now I'm watching people, you know, in some cases just be like, well, I can just go, let's go, it'll be great. I was fine. I was there for 10 days and it was totally fine. And, and meanwhile, um, you know, I'm keenly aware of, of uh, how every country, and in our case, even every state, has different requirements, different um, expectations, different testing. I mean, COVID just added a whole nother level to all of that. So if you would ask me that question two years ago about what does it mean to be you know, a responsible traveler, it's hard for me now to separate that um, because, yeah, because of COVID, because it's, it's so um, pronounced. And I feel like um, it's it's essential to be uh, understanding of what it is you're getting into if you're traveling. Yeah. 
It's very true, especially in yeah, COVID, especially um, I believe in the first year, it was very much a people would let's travel somewhere else, but then not kind of consider the, the COVID situation until the restrictions start coming in. Yeah. So that was like very much a bad traveler situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what do you guys think, Lavinia and Jason? Yeah, I think everything Kelly said is, is I mean, such good points. It's, it's such a huge topic. And um, to just be very general about it, I think that you just have to, yeah, not be so glib or, or to use the word entitled, but entitled, um, and be mindful and intentional about where you're going and about um, what, you know, what you're spending your money on about respecting the culture, um, not imposing your own freedoms and beliefs on locals, um, you know, especially in conservative cultures, just uh, being treading lightly, treading lightly on the earth, on um, on on ideas. It's you know, there's there's so many different ways you can go with it, but. Um, but I think that travel is, is it can be very consumer. Um, and so to try to give back in some way to the culture, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about voluntarism and stuff like that. But I try to, you know, I try to just make sure that when I'm there, that I'm, that I'm having meaningful interactions with the culture. I, I mean, that's vague. Yeah. Jason, Jason, can you get more specific than I just did? Uh, no, I, <laughs> that was great. It's such a tough question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, even from step one, it's like, should I get on this plane right now? And, you know, it's, it's not fair for me to say that after I've traveled all these years and now you say, well, you can't get on the plane. I mean, it's, you know, it's not that cut and dry. And I do think I like to think, I believe this based on uh, obviously what I do for a living with the podcast and everything that in the end travel in, in the way we're talking about being a good traveler, being maybe being conscious if we want to use that word, although that has some implications sometimes um, does make the world a better place in the end. Now it doesn't mean that there's not an impact, right? So we have to weigh the impact there and just, I think the best thing to do as a, as a good traveler is to just have an awareness around these things. First of all, to not just, you know, kind of spontaneously say, well, I mean, at least, you know, think it through a little bit, you know, com coming to transportation, I'll, maybe I can, maybe I can take the train or maybe, you know, maybe I can walk or whatever. Um, maybe I want to have a bike touring adventure cause I've never done that before, whatever the case is. So just having the awareness, I think, uh, 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 forces you to kind of ask the questions, the right questions to yourself. And it doesn't mean you're, you shouldn't get on the plane or you're not going to get on the plane, but it just means that you have an awareness around it. And then, um, like, like you mentioned, voting for your dollars, for lack of a better term, you, your dollars mean something. So use them wi wisely. I think, uh, you know, I've definitely heard in a lot of interviews just uh, how important it can be to go the extra mile with some of the research to say you're visiting an, an elephant sanctuary in Thailand or something. I know some of them are reputable and others are not. And it can be really hard to decipher 
what is what, and it doesn't mean you're going to even do it right, but you could at least try by putting a little extra time into the research, you know? Um, again, it's not a perfect science, but it's, it's about the awareness and, and just trying the best you can with the time you have and things like that. Um, and then I think, you know, as travelers, you're always, whether you want to be or not, you're really a mini ambassador for your country in many ways, right? Which seems unfair. Like now I'm having this interaction with you and I'm representing 380 million Americans all of a sudden or whatever the case is. And it's like that it, it can be like that sometimes, even though we know that that's not really fair or realistic, but it also gives us an opportunity, I think, as travelers to, um, to make, to make a good impression by, you know, trying to be respectful of the culture and to try to, you know, hang out with locals and, and fit in and, and spend your dollars at local spots and things like that. Again, doesn't mean you can't go to the Starbucks and get your Frappuccino because you've been on the road for two months and you're really jonesing for it. But, you know, it, it, as a, a mini ambassador of your country, just being, being aware that you can be in that role and maybe that might you know, make you behave in a a different way. That's a little more culturally friendly, let's say, uh, you know, most people are like, it's like two things, right? You've got the governments, which everybody, I hate the government, right? Right. But I hate the government of your country. But then if they're talking with you and you make a connection, you just might make the world a little bit better on both sides, you know, because people realize, well, you're not that government and I'm not this government and we're just two people having a conversation. So a lot to unpack there. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. a whole other conversation, but that's <laughs> right for sure. But, I mean, that can happen in my grocery store, frankly. Yeah, uh, exactly. I don't, I don't need awesome. to go anywhere for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, and I love, yeah, I love your, all your points about everything. I love the, yeah, I definitely agree a lack of entitlement will get you a long way in any sort of travel situation and right. also awareness. And I think it's easier now because for example, there's so many YouTube channels that do what's, what's it like to be in Japan or what's it like to be in Thailand, you know, like all those things, whether it's by locals or somebody who's lived there for a while, mm-hmm. those are like helpful. They're not always like hundred percent correct, but they give you such good insight because that person is there and they're doing the work for you in terms of like, researching you know what to do where to go and even if it's not 100 percent correct you've got that resource now and yeah. i think it's a lot easier than it was 10 20 years ago to see that and yeah like awareness and a lack of entitlement i think are very two very good tools um yeah. in that regard and we are kind of like hitting almost the end of the hour but i do want to like look at these questions and kind of like see which ones um we want to cover but i think um I guess an important one for some people, I think, and we might have to ask Jason about this one, but Lavinia and Kelly, you can also like chime in. Traveling with family, <laughs> um, what would be uh, some tips, some tricks, some some things to consider? Because uh, yeah, many people have to travel with family. What's that going to be like? Oh yeah, like I said, I wanted to hear Kelly's answer on this. So. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. I did through it. I do <laughs> when they're yeah. in the other side. We're still in the trenches. Yeah. Do it when they're infants. Uh, my first recommendation. <laughs> oh, when they're very young. Um, very young. Yeah, it's going to be very wild, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we took our kids to the States and to Mexico on a bit of a 
a longer trip. And I did learn a lot from that experience. And I'd say my biggest takeaway with traveling with children is, well, it goes back to the expectation thing you mentioned, right, Kelly? It's, it's really just only plan to do one thing every day. <laughs> you can't do more than one thing, really. Nice. And, and maybe you can do that one thing if everybody gets stressed, if nobody poops themselves, if nobody's throwing up, you know, there's all the, the X factors that are part of that. So I think that's my biggest takeaway from going out and seeing things. Just plan on doing one thing, take it easy, do that one thing. Don't like rush around. And that's, that's the, the biggest lesson that I learned. Go back and take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take a nap. Don't throw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What about you? and you have you travel a lot with your son? I mean, I did in the first couple of years. I haven't. Uh, I mean, we travel around the country a lot, around the U.S. a lot. Um, but it, you know, I remember when I was when I was either pregnant or considering getting pregnant, I was sort of bemoaning like, "Oh, what what about my travel?" And a friend of mine said something along the lines of the world smiles upon a child. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Don't worry. And that's I beautiful. really have found that's true. It is a pain in the ass to travel with a child. <laughs> Unless you have a very special unicorn of a, of a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just remember, I have this total vivid memory of my two and a half year old lying face down in on the on a street in in the um in the medina in morocco screaming like there was donkey poop you know around him and and i was just like wow this is not <laughs> and then i also have all these memories of these like moroccan people just sort of enfolding him mm -hmm. like yeah. they they were so sweet this you know like just um you know picking him up and carrying him around and um, oh, it just makes me almost weepy to think about it, you know, mm. be running through the souk and they just gently, you know, put their hand on top of his head as he passed by. It was such a village. Um, really just it, it makes me all very clumped. Um, but I I think it is so important. It's such a gift to give yeah. a kid travel. And so who cares if it's hard for you, you know, you've got to do it. You've got to take them along. We did Hawaii as sort of a gateway, which was really uh, mm. a good first place to travel. And then Portugal and Morocco and Spain. And um, he doesn't remember any of it, but I, I mean. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like, I believe that they do remember. Yeah, it goes somewhere. Bit, like yeah. It goes somewhere in their brain. I don't. I maybe it's not something that can be articulated, but, but it does go in there. And, yeah. and the faith, I think that it gives, I mean, I, like I said, I have two grown kids now and it's one of my biggest prides that they're great travelers and like, and confident and, you know, and they both lived through canceled flights and being in different places and having to be on an airport shuttle to get to a weird hotel that they don't know. And they're calling me, you know, and, you know, or I'm tracking them on their phone because they've been picked up in the middle of the night and they're headed to up, you know, somewhere in Vermont, like with no street lights. And, you know, and and I just have to have faith. Like my daughter called me once she was on a train and she was like, Mama, I'm on a train and it's going the right way, but I am on the wrong train. 
you know, she was heading from Germany to Paris, you know, and I was like, well, you're going the right way. Like, that's great. You know, <laughs> anyway, so just the, the, yeah, to, to raise confident travelers, that's, you know, my son called me today and he, he's leaving next week and his, he, you know, his luggage busted and what does he do? And, you know, anyways, it's just, it's like, it's a gift. We got to keep giving it as yes. much work as it is. Absolutely. And yeah, I think we've, so we've got a couple last questions, but I think I'm kind of going to mix them all together in this wonderful little amalgamation. Um, so the questions include, uh, what are you, uh, what do you think will be the future of travel and what are you all excited about in 2022 and what are bucket list trips? So let's make yeah. that into one question, which is, um, what is like a bucket list trip and also just expectations for 2022? Uh, travel wise, but also just for yourself, like, what do you think it'll look like being able to travel this year, next, you know, and whatever comes after that? Um, given that even though there's, you know, it's still quarantine, it's still COVID, it's still lockdown, but at the same time, things are looking up, you know, like they have been looking up for a while and it's a slow going, slow going, but it's happening and people are traveling again. What is it, what is it looking like for you guys? So I have, I'm excited. Um, the thing I'm excited about is for 2022 is um, I'm supposed to be teaching. And I mean, if it doesn't get canceled as it already was canceled a couple times, um, but I'm supposed to be teaching a workshop in uh, Kathmandu in the fall. Um, so I'm super excited about that. I, I, um, I taught a workshop there once and it was, uh, it's just one of the most amazing places. Um, and in terms of bucket list, I, I really want to go to um, like on an African safari. Uh, I've always wanted to see the Northern Lights somewhere. Um, I'd like to go uh, to the Galapagos. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think travel's coming back. I think, you know, my uh, failed Zoom happy hour last week is, is <laughs> to that. You know, a lot of people are traveling. I haven't totally gotten there yet because of um, of my kid, but I will. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys? <laughs> I was just cheering you on because the Northern Lights. It's like, come to Norway. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. my husband. <laughs> Like my husband's ancestors are there so we're gonna look you up jason oh, please do yes um yeah future travel i think it's coming back baby no i mean i, I was gonna say paperwork that was the one word answer <laughs> oh, i flew to london and there was yeah it was quite a lot of sort of paperwork, paperwork figuring things yeah. out and then having to get tested and things like that so everybody's adapted and it is possible to travel right now it just depends on your comfort level and of course a lot of debates around that so we don't need to get into to all that here but i do think that things are are coming back and i'm planning a trip back to the states later in in may like early summer basically do like a longer trip so that's exciting I'm excited for 2022 and yeah the bucket list thing well i just read this book called die with zero which sounds like it's almost like the antithesis of a of a personal finance book because the guy is teaching you how to spend all your money before you die <laughs> i don't know if you read that book Oh, but awesome. he has this thing called time bucketing. And I think I've done this inadvertently in the past, but 
I, I want to do it intentionally going forward. Mm. So instead of making a bucket list, you, you take like a, a period of time in your life, say it's like five years or seven years, whatever the case is. And you have your bucket list of all the things you want to do or the place you want to see. And then you slot them in to these periods. Because if you think about trekking in Nepal, for example, well, I probably don't want to do that when I'm 80. I probably want to do that when I'm, you know, more physically able to do it. I mean, I've done it, but I'm just using an example. So it's just a cool way to kind of prioritize mm -hmm. your bucket list and really take the large scope of your life and make sure that you are you know, really going after the, the most sort of important yeah. things based on where you are in life at that time. And, uh, for me, you know, it's all about the kids right now. So when I'm talking about mm. all the, all the things going to Disney world, for example, right. It's so hardcore backpackery, right. Taking the kids to Disney world. But I, I really see like, I, I want to take my kids on like mm. a backpacking trip and teach them how to do like the hostel thing and all that. But that's going to be slotted in more of like the, you know, the 10 to 15, yeah age range. So uh, I'm really conscious about that. So right now for me, based on that premise, it's, you know, maybe like a, like the RV in the USA camper van in New Zealand mm. kind of thing is, it seems like a really fun way to kind of travel with kids and be self-contained and be able to go off the beaten path and kind of combining all the best of both worlds. So. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'm, I, I'm typically an optimistic person. I, it, it's leaving me feeling a little bit about travel, like, hmm, I don't know about that. Um, we did do three road trips across the country uh, in the United States last year. I suspect there'll be a few more of those this year. Um, I've got a piece of art that's going to be at an art exhibit at LAX, which is wow. funny and peculiar. And, uh, and that's cool. So if nothing else, we'll go to LAX to see a piece of art. <laughs> so that's, and that, you know, I guess the point though, to really that's unexpected to me about that is I didn't know that was on a bucket list for me, you know? And, and um, so that's a reminder, especially now during this time as our focus changes and our, our time changes. And it's like, and I keep feeling like every time we go back into another, you know, surge with this, that I'm like, okay, is there something I didn't learn? Is there something else I can gather from this time and look at it as a gift as opposed to just a burden? Um, and that's, that's easier some days than others. But um, but to, because there are bucket list things out there that you don't know you have yet. And if we're able to just be so busy and go, 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 go and travel all the beautiful places that I know I want to see, there may be some things that I didn't know that I, I wanted to see that um, that can you know present themselves. So I'm trying to look deeper. Yeah, Easier true. some days than others. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's true. And yeah, um, I mean, just for the future of traveling, my one hope is that um, all the other longer parts of traveling, especially in certain countries um, like the U.S. and the TSA, um, will be will will now be um, what do you call it uh, streamlined because they've added on the COVID stuff. Mm. So I've noticed that like. Um, I just, just as a quick aside, um, a couple of weeks ago, I went on the most spontaneous trip of my entire life as a surprise for my parents, went to New York, came back in like planned it in a day, traveled. Yeah. In a day. This was the first time I ever did this, something this spontaneous. Um, but mm -hmm. I had all of the COVID stuff done. And what was nice about it is that even though it was pretty much still the same time amount of time you have to spend in the airport doing this and that, 
all the bits that were longer before have now been shortened so that they can make time make space for the covid stuff mm-hmm. so as the covid stuff kind of winds down i'm hoping that it stays short so you know like all of the nitty gritty yeah. takes too long bits of travel will be will finally be fixed because they want to make space for you know yeah. other stuff so that's like obviously a very pragmatic answer but that's kind of like my hope for the future of travel, you know, like the parts that people don't like about travel, (laughs) all the waiting and the, and the fixing everything parts um, will be less of a hassle, but that's kind of a boring answer, but I'm hoping (laughs) that's my hope. Um, And that's my hope for everybody else as well. Like that travel will come back. I don't want to say with a vengeance, but like (laughs) um, travel will come back. Um, happy happier i guess like with some joy for the new year um yeah so i think we've kind of hit the r but um yeah uh, this has been like a wonderful chat with everybody um i hope it wasn't i hope it was fun like i think it was fun i don't know like it was fun i would hope so absolutely thank you very much thank you so much that was so great. great to meet everybody i love yeah, absolutely yeah this is a wonderful session and i hope you guys get to do all the travel that you want to do I'm very excited for everybody in the future. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Well, I certainly had a blast. I want travel to come back with a blazing vengeance, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and read our outro then. So thank you everyone for joining us for this live stream, the Storytelling Podcast Week January Roundtable, hosted by Bossy Doppel of the High Nye Podcast, with Zero to Travel's Jason Moore and Kelly Chappie and Lavinia Spalding of There She Goes. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions much like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction from across the world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. If you joined late or if you have any questions about uh, these amazing podcasters and storytellers, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean, where a podcast hosting and monetization platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head on over to podbean.com today. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for next month's live panel with Storytelling Podcast Week, Love Stories Live uh, for February. And it's going to have Lee Tao of Strangers, Octavia Bray of Life with Leo, Caitlin Prest of The Heart, and Jane Prokop of Faded Mates. Thanks so much again, guys. Everybody take care. Have a fantastic Tuesday and happy podcasting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy travels. Bye.